This episode of the Second Floor Podcast is brought to you by Alberta Podcast Network. Locally grown, community supported. Can I, uh, can I do a full switch here? And this is actually why I asked the full question. So when I typed this out, I remember thinking, you know, I'm, I was driving around looking at these big houses that I want one day. And I was thinking all the actions that me and my homies have made. Because I was looking at these houses, I'm like, I'll get that one for my mom. Zane would like that one. That one's for the boys. We're going to be in there scheming the whole time. So what I was thinking, like, our parents' uh, opinions matter a lot, right? And like we're like you were saying, we're influenced by our parents' opinions. So how can we just quickly say no to certain things? But at the same time, I was thinking how we got to this point now and how we did a lot of the things that we're doing is by not doing what my mom told me to do. My mom would give me the opposite advice and I used to not be able to understand it. So I remember thinking as a kid, I'm like, man, mom knows absolutely nothing. Sorry, I'm just laughing because it's like people are going to be like, moral of the story is don't listen to mom and dad. <laughs> no, no, no. No, because I think the, the, the part for me was why is it like I know what I'm trying to do. They don't even know what I'm trying to do. Mm. Uh, for example, rapping. For example, media. For example, taking a path that's not nowhere near, near related what they saw us doing, aka engineering, business, or anything of that sort, being a doctor. So when I asked that question, I think I had a hard time growing up because I did value my mom's opinion a lot, right? And every time I wanted to do the opposite, a part of me would fe would feel hurt and broken because I'm like, I I know I can do this, but my mom's scared and she's like don't do this right and giving me the opposite advice so i think when i when i worded that question it was more more along the lines of that and at a certain point i realized that your mom can love you to the fullest and still not have the the right advice for you fully in certain in certain aspects but that's that's more so from their nature of protection nurturing nature and trying to make us feel comfortable where we're doing stuff that makes us uncomfortable that forces us to grow I'm really glad you said that, bro, because it reminded me of a conversation I had with my therapist that I'm never going to forget. I'm never, ever going to forget. It's based off advice. When someone gives you advice, and I feel like this truthfully includes your parents, and you don't take it, and if they end up feeling upset that you didn't take their advice, they guilt trip you, they might make you feel some type of way, parents or anybody, then I'm going to tell you right now, they didn't give you advice. They tried to dictate the direction of where your life should go. So I see what you mean, man, because I, I even if growing up more so, if I didn't follow my parents' advice, whew, like I'd feel guilty whether they knew about it or not. But I think as we get into adulthood and now we're growing, our brain's developing, we're getting experience, we're traveling, we're getting educated, we're having jobs, we're meeting other mentors. We're now shape-shifting who we're really becoming and our parents... Yes, they saw it all along the way, but maybe there's certain aspects of our journey, whether they know or not, or they should or shouldn't, that we then ultimately have the final say and deserve to have it. I'm going to just bring it to my own scenario where when I was getting into the media game and the rapping, you know, my dad didn't understand it. My family's super conservative, Muslim. They don't do these things. They don't, they're, they're not in the spotlight or whatever, the media. They don't understand it, right? So the only thing they understood was, you got to go through school, you got to go through university, and that is the pathway to success. I wanted to be great at basketball, I wanted to be great at rapping, I wanted to do videos, and I wanted to make these creative, creative things, and I would hear it a lot from my dad. 
uh, first year university, every day I would come home. I went to Concordia for my first year, not U of A. And so Concordia is a smaller school, unknown. I'd come home. Dad would be like, how's high school again? Because, oh, your marks aren't good enough to get into that's the U of A? a. That's a heavy poke. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. And, and, and it was like every day. And for a long time, I really hated my father because of that. But it got me to a point where I started pushing myself beyond the capabilities that I thought I had. Once I started gaining some momentum in the paths that my parents didn't understand and I could show them. When I purchased my house five years ago, I took my dad out and I went and I drove to the house. I said, I just bought this house over here. Here are the keys. And I just want to let you know that everything you did was because of uh, this. This house is accredited to you. I had to show him that. I had to take him to my, my office back when I used to work for the marketing agency and say, look, all this video stuff that I did isn't for waste. All the times I spend, all the late nights when I was in the basement alone doing all the things and editing and, and buying lights and cameras and stuff, it wasn't for nothing. I have an office now, Dad. Look. So I had to show him to get him out of his lens because his lens was, what the fuck is my son doing? He's being a weirdo downstairs rapping and making videos and doing funny skits on YouTube. My son is going off the path. So in his mind, he needs to do anything and everything he can to bring me back to his normal path of success. But the moment I started showing him, hey, look, this is working for me. I'm not going to be a doctor. I'm not going to be an engineer. I'm not going to be that school son that you expected me to be. But I promise you I'm going to be a success and I won't let you down. Let your kid chase their dream, right? Let let them fail. Let them try and see how they end up doing, right? Because depending on however much your father was on that direction or not, ultimately, if he wanted to fully stop you, perhaps he could have. He didn't. He felt some type of way about it from what it seemed. You still went about it, which I'm so glad you did, because I truly believe, brother, you wouldn't even be sitting here today. He was probably, of course, not probably, so damn proud of you to make a house out of something that you took from, he looked at like a video camera capturing memories, to you making money off that shit. Like that's you proving to so many of our audience members that if they're in that same situation, hey dad, if Cassius did it, I want to try too. That's exactly why you know who I'm talking about, someone very close to us. I had the balls to tell him, you know what, man, whether your parents know or not, if you think school is not right for you right now and you're 18 years old, just, you know what, it, you don't have to tell him, but go all in on this love that you have for personal training. Go all in on this love that you have for video. Give it a try. Heck, just do one course. Do one course in school, just to satisfy them at the least. Say you're still in school, but go all in, man. Don't waste your time, because this juice and energy you have is only there for so long until you start to get salty about it. And then you go, I could have, I would have. Calling all this new emerging content creators in BC and Alberta. In case you haven't heard of StoryHive, they've been supporting storytellers in Western Canada since 2013. This year, they're celebrating their 10th anniversary with their biggest edition yet. The StoryHive Anniversary Documentary Edition is funding 80 short documentaries on any local story you're passionate about. You can get $20,000 in production funding, training, and mentorship and distribution on TELUS Optic TV and Stream Plus. If you live in BC or Alberta and you have an idea for a short documentary, now is the time to send in your pitch. 
Send in your application by February 28 at storyhive.com apply. Your story, your narrative. Our parents had completely different lives and you've touched on this many times before, but I think like just living and growing up here now, um, all of us face different challenges. And I think at, at the point where you just want something that challenges them, for example, like if it's not basketball, I would ask my son, okay, well, what else are you going to do if it's not basketball? If it's just sitting around doing nothing, then I'll force my kid to do basketball because there's going to be plenty of times where you're going to choose to do nothing and feel your feelings more than use your actions to dictate your feelings and learn how to control your feelings. Because I think everything in this life and planet is is kind of designed in a way where you got to understand how to micromanage and manage at a grand scale your feelings in public and in private. Um, and I, I think a lot of like our problems derive from not being able to manage those feelings. So I think if it was sports or whatever it may be, like you said, go all in. But I think a lot of kids nowadays have a, tr- have a lot of trouble going all in. It's almost sounds, there's so many different pathways and, um, industries created in these last like five, 10 years, right? Where that just weren't created. So as a kid, you see it, you're like, you know, that looks nice, but do I, sometimes that might fool them to be like, that looks fantastic. Maybe I want to try this. So maybe I would say like, especially growing up, I would force my kid to um, try something, whether they liked it or not, maybe for, for a period of time. And then after that, they can decide. I'm not going to force them to stay in basketball if they don't like basketball. They can do piano. They can do many different things. For my, my younger brother, Zane, he's a complete genius in my eyes. In fact, I look up to him. And a lot of the times, even with him, in order for me to teach him, I had to do a lot of those things myself to lead by example because I couldn't just say it to say it. But then just seeing his hard work and what he creates, it's almost like um, you're, wa- you're watching a movie and you have no idea what's, what's going to happen next. But you know it's gonna be something amazing. So when you, when you can get it to the point where you're able to just work really hard and have um, like a process where you understand it's not gonna be easy, but you still have to do it, then ultimately like the kid's gonna win. And I think sports, whether it be jujitsu, whether it be rapping, whether it be anything, I would argue rapping helped you in life, and jujitsu helped you in life, and basketball helped me in life to be able to get to the point where we're able to hold ourselves in a certain manner just simply by putting in those reps of doing one thing. I think it's more my job to to be able to show that different lens. I think my mom's job is to provide her with like, uh, provide Zane with the softness, mm-hmm. like to be a good human. Because I think how I operate in this day and age, I I feel like I'm genuine. I might say things bluntly, but at least Kenny's laughing. <laughs> Cause I'm like, you fucking bitches. <laughs> Right, I was waiting for that. That's how Quran makes me feel, bro. Just like, just like anytime you flex, I just think of Quran, bro. It's <laughs> <laughs> the best. No, I think um, that side, just like rapping, just like everything else, our mothers provide us with the kindness and doing things in a certain way. But then we have to get our killer mentality somewhere. You became your alter ego cash word that's what i was thinking alter right? ego we all got it bro yeah basketball has allowed me to do that and that's why i'm i say you fucking bitch when i want to call you 
a bitch. Fucking a bitches. Fucking bitches. Fucking <laughs> bitch. But at the end of the day, like that's those are just the environments I grew up in. I grew up in YMCA's where uh, people are telling me that I'm trash or I'm like brown guys don't shouldn't play basketball and all these things that I'm not gonna be like. You're a mean guy, bro. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hang around you. Obviously, I'm gonna call you, call him a bitch. It's almost like you gotta learn how to stick up for yourself. But that's that's where those alter egos get formed. Like I think if you are able to put in certain amount of practice and reps in certain things, then you you form that alter ego. But without those reps and just by jumping thing to thing, you're never gonna form like that that identity of yourself that's you but a different version of you you know talking talking about my father like he fueled cassius he was the one that he was the one that forced me into into that killer mentality when you're at a school and i was like ah, i'm gonna take a year off and then he's like fuck no well you're not taking no year off you're going to school and so i didn't have time to apply to the u of a or grand McEwen. so guess what I'm in Concordia, smaller, private institution, nothing wrong with it. But in his mind, if it ain't U of A, you're in high school again. You're upgrading. You're not as good enough of so-and-so's kid. So-and-so's kid is at the U of A. He's doing this. He's doing that. What are you doing back in high school again? Oh, man, did that. He knew how to, of course, I'm his kid, so he knows how to pull my strings. But that hurt like, like a lot. Like it hurt, man, coming home and and hearing that, because I'm like, man, I'm 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 just as good as that kid. I feel like I'm better than that kid. At the time, I didn't understand that he was trying to force me into a better better place. I hated him for that. I hated him for many years for that. During my university career, I was like, man, I don't like this guy. I don't I don't like this. But I got into the U of A. I got a biology degree. I started doing things. That I was like, you know what? If I can do this, if I can get to the U of A and f- literally will myself into a science degree and get it, I'm not the smartest kid. This doesn't come easy to me. I want to rap and I want to make videos and I want to do these cool things that are coming out into the into the new age. And I really want to write music. How do I do it? I can't do it under the identity of Omid because Omid ain't that guy. Cassius is this other alter ego is I literally had to mentally separate Omid and Cassius and the the reason was was because Cassius is a blank canvas Cassius is who the fuck I want to be I want to get to Cassius I want to be that motherfucker who's confident in every room I get into I want to be respected in every room I go into I want to I want people to be like yeah this motherfucker chased his dreams and he accomplished the shit he said but I can't do that because Omid, Omid's that scared young brown kid who's afraid to take make decisions, who's trying to get self-validation from his dad, who's trying to make everybody else happy, who's trying to be quiet and behind the scenes, trying to get that science degree when no, he knows that this, this path isn't for him. But he's listening to his parents. He's doing the things that are supposed to be right in society. So I had to build a different identity for myself. And that identity was Cassius. That's why, bro, tomorrow morning, 5 a.m., we're going to the Federal Canada office. <laughs> we're changing your passport name to Cassius Canary, bro. <laughs> and we're going to show your dad. Cassius we're gonna okay say, You created Canary. him. You created Omid and you created this guy. You know, I don't know if that makes sense. No, it, of course. I love that. It's so true. Dude, everything that you just said. Wow. 
Great stories are timeless. To be a great storyteller, one must bridge the gap between an alluring narrative and the audience, to pull with the heartstrings, and to shape the imagination. At Q Films Media, we're more than just a media production agency. We are a powerhouse of creative individuals, content creators, who specialize in telling great stories. Stories that are intimate and kept closest to the heart. Stories that are powerful and inspiring, that spark boldness and action. We are Q Films Media. We're here to tell your story. We are always unseen. I think this is why me and Omid uh, relate so well together too, is because I haven't shared much <laughs> about my dad. I'm only laughing because there's my dad. I know. I was like, but God will tell you everything. Bro, <laughs> like, Omid. But do you want to do it? God will tell you. Yo. Just sit down, just, just relax. And this is the thing. Bro, sometimes, Kenny, me and Omid would sometimes be in your fucking house, right? <laughs> Observing shit happen and be like, bro, does this shit happen in your house? Like, shit doesn't happen in my house. Does it happen in yours? And he was like, no, bro. This is the same shit. So, love it. My dad, my dad was the same where he, he, you know what's funny? I didn't think about this till now, but I can, vis- I can remember the exact time. It was like midday. I remember we were sitting in the main living room. My dad said the same thing to me. He's like, oh, you're still playing basketball. So you're uh, how, like you're still in high school, right? He's like, you're in grade 12 now. And he, my mom, I remember the look my mom gave my dad. Like, did he, did he lose his mind? But it got me thinking all these things. He used to say all the time, like, oh, you're going to basketball practice. You better be home by 10. If you're not home by 10, then uh, you're like, you're grounded. You're all this stuff, right? I'm like, I have practice till 10. How am I going to get home? Um used to threaten me to like i genuinely believed i was going to move back home to pakistan to go to boarding all boys boarding school for many years and every time shit would hit the fan or i would do something that they might have not liked then it would revert back to that so i remember my first year i was like you know what i'm gonna get a fucking scholarship uh to play somewhere and they'll have no control over me and i'm not gonna pick somewhere in edmonton i'm gonna go away from edmonton and that drove me like all those feelings ended up driving me to be like, you know what? I'm I'm going to show you guys. I love you guys, but I'm going to show you that I can actually do things by myself. And if you push me far enough, I'll go far enough where you have no control. You can't check up on me. You can't do nothing. Right. And that that's a part of the reason why I went away uh, at the start. But then um, same thing. I think like it, like in retrospect, I look back and I think, how much it fueled me. I think a lot of the reason why I kept on going and why I do what I do now, because I used to hear this all the time, bro, what brown guy do you see in the NBA? Like, why are you playing? Why are you still trying to play ball? Bro, like, why are you doing so-and-so? Like, just stop playing basketball so much. It's not going to do anything. Why are you doing this with videos now? What's going to happen out of this? So eventually, the reason, actually a big reason why, which I have not yet stated, why I run a basketball academy is because I don't see, I didn't have a brown guy to look up to, to be like, you know what? He works really hard. He does so-and-so. He does this, this and that. I want to be able to... I see him doing it. Maybe there are more brown guys. And honestly, I think there's a, a whole era of brown guys now. Now it's a lot more common where you see a lot more brown guys playing ball. But it's still nice at the end of the day 
um, for me, especially when I run my academy, is like brown kids come up and they're like, oh, I wasn't expecting a brown guy, a Desi guy, right? And then I'll say, get done, bro. <laughs> like, get your little ass changed, I'm about to get to work, right? And it's a, it's a fun thing, but I see like parents actually come to me, especially with the brown kids, and they say uh, um, they're depressed, they play video games, they're not doing so-and-so. And just something as simple of learning how to do something and enjoying doing it is is like what changes their whole life around. So that's a big reason why I do it. But I think it all stemmed from my my dad pushing me in certain ways. Me, every single time I made a video, my mom would be like, oh, but like this part's messed up. Not, none of it was ever good enough. Even now, there's always a problem before there's like, oh, you know, good job. You did good. It's always like, oh, well, what about this? What about that? All the negatives first. So I think in, a, in its own way, it drove me to perfection because whatever I thought was really good was definitely not good enough. And, and then like to be able to do it further, even now, like how I run ITD Academy every single day, it's not good enough, right? But in, to a lot of people from the outside looking in, like, bro, you're doing full time. And five years ago, I'd probably be dreaming of the spot. And I sometimes take that into uh, like a, just, just being a little bit more grateful, you know? And that, that's why I pray a lot more now. Because if you can't, you can't be grateful without praying. Because if you never pray for it, it's hard to feel that feeling of being grateful. So now I'm, I try to pray a little bit more so I can feel the feeling of grateful later. But when I think back to like everything that I'm doing, it drives a big factor is my dad still somewhere in his mind. He's like, you know, you might have slipped with a few cracks, but I don't know if this is it, right? And even if he thought it was it, I think he would still say that. And I think that little bit of um, understanding that they're trying to push you further versus trying to bring you down after a certain point, because at the start, it's going to feel a lot like they're trying to bring you down, which they rightfully should when I look back. Because if not, you're going to be a fucking scrub doing the most average shit and think it's the shit, right? So like, it's obviously going to drive you further. And I think the the years of um building yourself up and actually having results to show for slowly eases them off eases them off little by little and that's that's just as much your hard work as it is them chilling out for me kenny you are in a unique position right because you come from a different background right oh, you you have an older brother you're the second sibling oh son right you know, and bonnie and, water and technically from my perspective you don't have you didn't have the 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 hard ass dad that would grind your gears about everything true right so my question to you is where did you find your relentless fuel that you have cuz you're one of those guys to me a i'm i'm always inspired by you and what you do right on a day to day on a week to week basis when i see you working and hustling and doing your thing it inspires me to keep you know, pushing. So, I mean, I haven't said that. Words but, of affirmation. Yeah. This guy's love language is words of affirmation. So, so uh, I love you, bro. I, I love no, you too, bro. For, for sure. But I mean, like, for me, it's like, I need, like, like Krom said, if, if my dad didn't push me like that, I wouldn't be here. I'd be at home. I'd be playing video games. I'd be, I'd probably be 250 pounds. Guarantee you, I wouldn't do the things that I, that I, that I do today. I wouldn't run the way I run. But for you, 
in my head, you should have been the video gamer, the the kid that doesn't do shit, right? Like because you didn't have you didn't have the yeah. That's We're calling dope. everybody out. We are, bro. Yo, say his name. Yeah. <laughs> but but uh, so my, my question to you is is like, come KB, no problem, Aya. Bichara. He's like, We're <laughs> what up, KB? Come, come. come. That's a no problem. We're talking about motivation. But he's like, oh, of course. <laughs> no, but come. Come. Sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah come, come of sit. course. Come, come chill, oh, chill. Man. Oh, fuck, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro, Welcome to the studio, bro. bro. We got ourselves new guests. Oh, we have man. a new guest. We have a new Pokemon. This is good because I can't wait. Uh, carry on. So, yeah, yeah. For I, KB so, to hear this. So, so I want to know, where did you get that relentless, like, passion, drive, grind because you didn't have that same upbringing as us, man. Because I needed my ass kicked. I needed that that someone to kick my ass to get me here, and and to get under my skin and to push the shit out of me and make me, you know, feel some type of way so that I would move. Because if I didn't have that, I'd be chilling at home. I'd be relaxing. I wouldn't do nothing. I wouldn't know, make no business. Why do I need no business, bro? Why do I need to do podcasting? Why do I need these things? I don't have no chip on my shoulder. So I want to know from you, where, where do you get that? My fellow university students, my professors, my friends growing up, my people I'd be around, they'd always tell me something. And I'll never, ever, ever forget it. And it's what honestly keeps me going is they always said, Kenny, I'm looking you up in the future and I can't wait to find out what you end up doing. Or they go, you're somebody I'm very excited to see what you do with your life. It was always something along the lines of people telling me like, yo, man, like whatever you do, whatever you become, like I I want in on it. I, I want to see what it's like. I want to buy into your product, your service, whatever you do. So like that was my pressure because I would hear that. And I'll be very honest with you as a kid and even going into college, I'd hear that. Even when I graduated, I heard that. I'll never forget it, bro. I'll never forget who said it too. It was the last dance. It was like we all graduated. We all had dinner. And someone said that. And I was like, that's the cherry on top. Where it fueled me to be like, if you fuck this up and don't make anything of your life when everyone since you were a kid wanted to see what you'd turn into, then you wasted this potential. So I always looked at like I have everything. I've got all the ingredients, a supportive family, parents, brother. I've got like everything I ever need on a silver platter to become whoever it is I desire. And I, I can't and I won't waste that. That's interesting because people that have that are usually the opposite. Yeah, no, well, not right. usually. I, I, I'm not sure. I shouldn't make generalities. But the when you have everything, why do you need more? And right? this is, again, this third one I wanted to share, not to say that's cliche, but like, I feel like it's my duty to, to do even more or just as much as my parents did for themselves, their parents, and me and my brother. Like, for them to turn, like, literally 50 bucks in their pocket the moment they got married and come to this country and, and have dreams and ambitions themselves and then raise us and have to fully pivot and and work three jobs each and then forego their dreams of wanting to become doctor and engineer and like raise us with nothing like i think about that and how much they sacrifice and i'm like okay so now since i grew up 
I, I just got everything handed to me. So I'm like, how can I not? Like, if they were able to do that from nothing, how can I not do that from, like, the most strongest uh, foundation that if you can't grow a beautiful, tall, strong tree out of that, then once again, wasted potential. This episode of the Second Floor Podcast is brought to you by the Edmonton Community Foundation. The foundation acts as a bridge between donors and charities to create a strong, vibrant community for generations to come. You can start an endowment fund with yourself or with a group. Once it reaches $10,000, it can start distributing funds. Vital Signs is an annual checkup conducted by Edmonton Community Foundation in partnership with Edmonton Social Planning Council to measure how the community is doing. This year's focus is on making ends meet in Edmonton. Learn more at ecfoundation.org. KB, you want to comment? I mean... Or what's KB's? What's KB's? I want to know what, what's KB's motivation. It's like... It's kind of along the line of Kenny, but like you, you can't appreciate the... You can't appreciate the sun unless you've never seen the rain. So... Yeah. Like... My seeing my parents have to work really, really hard and seeing them like have to go through hard times. I was kind of telling Kenny this yesterday. I was like, I remember, I remember when mom had me in like the, you know, the buggy at the grocery store, right? You can stick your legs out. And uh, I remember she was taking me through the cereal aisle and I went to reach for a bowl. You know, you guys remember um, Mickey Mouse had like a Lucky Charms kind of thing. And it was like seven ninety nine for a fucking little mm-hmm. box. Yeah, yeah. I wanted that cereal, and then my mom told me no. And then I started crying, and I reached for it again. She said, no, I can't have it because she, she couldn't afford it. And um, then I remember seeing my mom crying, realizing that she couldn't like afford getting her kid's favorite cereal. And so, like, you know, things like that. Like, you know, growing up, fuck, our, our parents just... They just gave us stuff like they just gave us their the laser share card sometimes and said like if you guys need food you use it and and then a piece of me just never forgot that though like I never forgot I I got I got to see life what it was like when my parents were really poor and what they had to do to get to where they're at now to give us the opportunity and then I also now got to see where they're at now with like the success that they have and then it's like like kenny said it's like an almost added pressure to be like we did this with this so let's see what you can do and Mm -hmm. it's interesting because the dichotomy of like my parents did it because they had to do it like necessity is the mother of invention so if they didn't do it, then their two kids and their family would have been fucked. Like, you know? So that need, that that needing to survive, that needing to make something of yourself, you you know, you can't uh it's it's very hard to replicate that. So it's admirable, I think, when I see like Kenny have the kind of drive that he has. Oh dude, I love that man. I, I uh I, I kinda relate to the the serial story, but I remember my parents would it, during the day, um, like after school, they would pick me up and um, we would go to my cousin's place. This is after my dad sponsored three families, like three of our, basically his sisters, three sisters' uh, families. And this was like their, that was probably their first three or four years when they were here in Canada. But they, we would go to their, we'd go to their apartment 
and their apartment for their rent, they their utilities were included. And so every day or every few days, we would go to my aunt's house or my aunt's apartment and my dad would give me these water jugs and milk cartons and um, with bags and stuff. And I would go in to my aunt's place and I would go into the tub and I would fill hot water. And when I was a, when I was a kid, I didn't understand what, what we were doing. Um, I thought this was normal. You go, you fill seven or eight jugs of hot water. I would take it, we put it in the van and we'd go back home. And when I grew up, I realized I was like, holy fuck, they couldn't afford hot water. So we would, we would go to my, my aunt's house to f- here in Canada, in St. Albert, we would go to fill, I would go. And I thought it was normal. I thought it was, this, this is, this is what you do. You just fill hot water. Just, it doesn't like, I don't understand bills. I don't understand wh- the, those things, but I, we would do that. And we did that for many years. And, and I, now I look back and I'm like, holy fuck, they couldn't f- afford that. Damn, man, I feel bad about the hot shower. but it was like it was the shit like you said bro the shit that they had to do and they made it out of that i got no fucking excuse bro that that's the chip that i hold the chip that i hold is i want to make them proud if i'm gonna take this video shit if i'm gonna make this podcast better be the best motherfucking podcast here because i got the opportunity to sit in this, I got the opportunity to buy this furniture. I got the opportunity to put these lights up and put the video up to, to hang out with you guys. I have the privilege to sit here today because of their struggles, because of the days of the hot water, because of the days of the cereal. You know what I'm saying? So I carry that. But that was, I was very interested in, in, in how you carry that, Kenny, because, you know, obviously you had it just maybe a little bit better, but the fuel like are are different i wouldn't say maybe better in a sense but you had a different um so i I wanted to know that so appreciate you sharing man yeah thank you for asking that and i hope that for anyone listening that feels like they are taking advantage of their parents success i hope that turns things around for you and that not letting that be an excuse right like you can't let like oh i'm driving around my parents benzo and i'm in their 5,500 square foot home. I'm comfy. I'm chilling. You know, I'll go sneak around the back. Yo, Blaze, all good. Gucci guy, yo. Right? Oh, I'll go travel here and there. Yo, on my parents' dime. No, fuck that shit, man. You know, man up. Fuck. You know, you're 18, 19. You keep saying you're in your mid-20s now. You're working a dead-end job, fucking part-time, doing fuck all. Right? You're still waiting. Man, you got too comfy. Bro, say their name. Yeah. <laughs> Say their fucking name. No, no, but it's like you got too damn comfortable. Who are you talking right? about, bro? Like, turn your basement into your Patreon. Yeah, bro. No, turn your basement into your fucking man cave operation. Not a place where you sneak girls downstairs, right? Like, none of that, bro. That's it. No, but like, some Monday, bro. Turn into podcast, bro. All this, let's be for real. Some Monday, all they do is they're just taking advantage, bro. I'm going to call you out for whoever's listening to this because you're listening to this Elevate Your Life, so you might be like this, right? <laughs> so what KB said, right? Like, listen, I'm going to be honest. I turned my parents' basement into my podcast studio and where I train personal training clients and, and have my have my at-home dojo in, right? But like, you got to, like Omid says, turn shit into sugar, baby, That's right? right? Or turn mansion into profit mansion of <laughs> <laughs> Airbnb with my own activities, bro. It's Air Podcast. 
you know but you know um all of all of these stories are uh, a fantastic but i'd say like uh one of the under or like the consistent factors amongst all of us and i think what also unites us because i'm i'm trying to figure out is it the brown in us the fob in us that unites us but partly how we move and how we operate is we felt a lot of pressure right whether it be from family whether it be from uh like indirectly or directly so i think even making moves and taking risks i was thinking about this as you were sharing your story you bought that c100 right you don't know how the fuck to use it you don't know what to to how to make money off of it but you bought it because you knew you felt that pressure you could turn shit into sugar and i think a lot of the things that we do now like this stuff it's easier for me now uh like buying this couch with you guys is because i felt enough pressure now where i know that maybe this is a form of pressure that's a total accountability right like you know what you buy gym membership you buy trainer and okay now i have to show up you buy couch now i have to sit on it <laughs> right i have to go and get my money's worth yeah. right yeah exactly and you know as soon as you say couch now now i'm thinking this is brave blue or like what no <laughs> legit brave blue this baby Man, it's like what Frank Sacucci said. And that's what it reminded me of. I never brought you back. But our accounting instructor, this was accounting for me. This is all you need to learn about accounting is I love how Frank Sacucci said it. He's like, listen, listen. He's, he's our like university year two accounting professor. This is accounting, guys. Who here is the gym membership? Everyone raises their hands, right? Okay. Now, who here has... <laughs> who here okay has used their gym membership it's february 17th it's been 17 days this month okay who here has used (laughs) listen who here has used their gym this month only one time and then so funny right three people like me right okay so you three how much is your gym membership and then one person's like $38.99. Another person's like $43. Bucks. It sucks. Where do you get your gym from? Oh, fit for last. Okay, I got to go there. Anyway, <laughs> side banter aside, Frank goes, okay, guys, bring it back. So you have paid $38.99 for your workout. Okay? Now, who here has worked out 10 times? Someone, five people put their hand up, right? Me and KB are like, yeah. Okay, you have paid $388 for each workout. Now, we're basically saying however much you use a product you divide that by how much you uh, have spent and then you get your uh, benefit from using it but if you only use it once then you're yes cost per use thank you (laughs) that is cost per use and you know i was balancing the liabilities with the assets i'm sorry but accounting is so easy but so hard you know what i do bro I'd have my balance sheet, right? Every time I would not get balanced, bro. <laughs> like, it's supposed to be the same number. I'm like, they're going to audit me. I'm finished. <laughs> right? My parents would be like, what the, can you do our accounts? Like, you know, they start asking, like, can you? I'm like, no, I can't. <laughs> we'll be arrested. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, bro. But that's Frank Taguchi, bro. Okay. <laughs> That's okay. what he'd say, right? But anyways, you guys have anything else left to say? This is a good podcast. Bro. This was fire, man. Yeah. This was good. Wow. 
Bro, I want to give a, a special shout out to uh, my guy Cassius for rocking the ITD merch. Um, in the details, we used to be in the dark, but we switched that to our hose and we kept the training highly detailed. Um, Let's keep elevating, boys. You know, all I'm going to say is we got a lot out of this episode. Everything from how to full ditch, full switch your mother, how to full ditch, full switch. Yeah, bro, we got deep. We talked about how you can best keep and uh, uh, like, like really hone in on the relationship between your significant other, but the wife and your in-laws, the full mix. Uh, we hope if there's anything that you got out of this, you share it, you send it to your mother-in-law, and you also <laughs> you, you, you perhaps have a conversation. <laughs> you have a conversation with your significant other, um, hopefully in a safe space. You know, go, go to coffee, you know, get your notebooks out, brainstorm how you're going to make it all work. And uh, we got to get to know everyone KB is going to come here and there, right? He's going to be like the Guillermo of our new season. <laughs> no, no, we'll, we'll keep him coming, you know. But uh, we hope you like this episode, Second Floor Podcast. You know where to find us, Spotify, um, Apple Music, YouTube, everywhere, you know. So um, it would mean a lot to us if you liked, subscribed, reviewed. Uh, you can catch us on the Universal Radio Network every Friday on the Full Switch program. And um, that's a wrap. You guys have anything else left to say? That's it. That's it. That's a wrap. That's a wrap. It's 11.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Timing. It's 5 p.m. somewhere. So, you know what? This this podcast is sponsored by Athletic Greens. No, I'm joking. It's not. I just, I hear Athletic Greens all yeah. the time. We ain't there yet, bro. I, I hear it, bro. And I'm waiting, bro. I emailed Athletic Greens like five times. I'm like, I know your guys' marketing strategy. Come on, circle floor. <laughs> so fuck Athletic Greens, bro. It's all about mud water, bro. Get your mud water. Yo, I'm telling you, if you're trying to quit coffee, this is actually, mud water's not paying me to say this, but if you're trying to quit coffee and you're trying to get- you're trying to get rid of the jitters. KB and I are hopping on the mud water. That's M-U-D-W-T-R, mudwater.com. Get yourself some mud and you'll feel the difference. I'm just going to let it speak for itself. Many people go in my DMs like, dude, is that legit? Dude, are they actually proprioception mushrooms, dude? And I'm like, no. Proprioception. <laughs> they are not psychedelic by any means. But I'm telling you, bro, outside of that, they're actual healthy mushrooms. There's some good product and spices in it. And if you can clearly see without me on the coffee that I am acting this way, it's worth it. Bro, you're not even sponsored by it? I'm sending these videos as practice. <laughs> showing them how dope what's sponsored to me, bro. So if you do want to sponsor us, holla. We're at, uh, you know, the second floor pod <laughs> on IG. Definitely check us out. So, that's it. <laughs>